Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, NCIA's Deputy Director of Communications. Today, my guest is Henry Finkelstein. He's the CEO and founder of Cannabis Big Data. Henry empowers colleagues and clients by spinning data into gold with intuitive, actionable insights. After working in e-commerce, consulting, healthcare, and government contracting, Henry saw the opportunity to create a modern-day data toolkit for cannabis businesses that connects the data dots with one-click reports and dashboards that help companies earn more and stress less. Goodness gracious, doesn't our industry need less stress? Welcome to the show, Henry. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Uh, So for our listeners, let's start by getting to know you a little bit better. Let's hear a bit about your background and the kinds of experiences you had before moving into the cannabis industry and space. Absolutely. My background is in data. Surprise, surprise. I started (laughs) out in the marketing department at a large e-commerce firm doing their TV commercials and print advertisements. And I was certainly involved in the creative aspects, but by and large, it was very much a a data play. The game was, how can we make the most money by having the best creative playing in the right commercials in the right parts at the right time slots. And all of that really boiled down to data. I was on the marketing team at the time, but I was getting a little frustrated waiting for all of the reports to come back from the business intelligence team in that large organization. And so I taught myself how to code so that I could run the reports myself and have a faster feedback loop. And that really sent me on the trajectory of data. Since then, I've worked in government contracting. I've worked with healthcare in the state of Colorado. I had a really interesting project around opioid patients Mm. and opioid abuse for Medicare, Medicaid clients that was pretty fascinating to work through. And so I've been in lots of different arenas as it relates to data, both on the operational side, the financial side, and certainly the day-to-day business side. Wow, yeah, that work with opioids is something that NCIA um, you know, keeps an eye on as well. And the policy paper that we published a few years ago now is still very, very relevant about the opioid crisis and uh, the number of people that are seeking cannabis in order to either reduce or replace opioids or even other pharmaceuticals. So that's fascinating. So yeah. how, how did you get into the cannabis industry from that point? And, and is there like a personal story of yours that made you decide that this was the right path for you? Certainly. I, I moved to Colorado 
about six years ago now to be with my then girlfriend, now wife. And I was working in the healthcare industry. And to your point, when I was working on the opioid crisis, there was a lot of information coming out around cannabis and how cannabis was helping opioid patients transition off of the pharmaceutical drugs. So there was certainly that angle. And then also that was shortly after uh, a large wave of upward uh, acceptance in Colorado, specifically after the adult use legalization. And so I found myself in a new state where cannabis is legal and there was a, a big emerging market. And so I tried to see if the data tools and the data awareness that I had cultivated over the last decade of my career might be relevant in the cannabis industry. So I started with the lean methodology approach. I spent three months doing day in the life interviews, talking to customers in, in that parlance, it's getting out of the building and actually talking to people that might use these data tools to run their business and asking them questions, understanding how the people problems and processes map to data in their organizations. And I sold a couple of contracts before we ever wrote our first line of code. And that's how I validated and knew that there was something here, that there was a latent demand and a need for robust data tools, much like other industries have in this new rapidly growing market. And certainly we've seen the narratives of data and the value of data just grow exponentially in the cannabis industry over the last five years since we first started. And that's, that's really how I got into it. First and foremost by geography, but also with some personal experience in my professional and personal domains. Yeah, I, I moved here to Colorado in January of 2014, right yeah. just a couple weeks after adult use sales had begun to work at NCIA. And I'm a longtime medical marijuana activist as well. So, mm. wow, coming, coming from a non-legal state, I'm from Maryland uh, and moving to Colorado and just being able to walk into a dispensary, get what I want and walk out, mind blowing, right? Totally, totally. <laughs> Absolute game changer. Totally. And and you're right. Back then it was, you know, just getting started. And wow, we've seen so much over the last seven years. Um, and it, I'm sure you've heard a million times and we say it a million times on this podcast. Seven years in cannabis is like 50 years in any other industry, right? We got dog yep. years going on here. <laughs> Certainly. So, so today uh, you are CEO of Cannabis Big Data. Let's talk more about what the company's up to and, and what 2021 is bringing you. Yeah, absolutely. My, so as CEO, I wear a lot of hats. Certainly part of that is the cultural side of who we are and how we show up in the industry. But I think the most interesting piece for me is working with the licensed cannabis business owners and managers, and certainly folks lower down the chain as well. But I'm especially interested in the decision makers and how they run their day to day. And it's really fast. I call this the basement to boardroom effect. It's really fascinating that before legalization, there was actually a competitive advantage to not collecting, not organizing, not using your data. That was a risk, that was a liability. 
Mm. And once legalization went live, and now there was a state mandate to collect data, disproportionately, the people that were in the industry at that time didn't know what to do with it because they didn't have much experience working with it before. And that's no harm, no foul on them. It's just a function of the legacy, the history that was inherited from the black, then gray, then legal markets, and that transition. Nowadays, we're seeing much more sophisticated players come into the markets, deeper pocketed players, management teams from other industries stepping Mm -hmm. into cannabis, and they're stepping in with the expectations and the experiences that they had when they worked at Frito-Lays, when they worked at Rip Curl, when they worked at Starbucks or whatever other uh, large organization they worked at. And so I've literally heard phrases like, what do you mean I don't have a data analytics team to answer all of my questions? What do you mean we don't have geospatial analysis? What do you, and, and so these types of very common exercises that were done in other industries just aren't quite there yet in the cannabis industry. And so a lot of my day-to-day is focused on listening, understanding what the needs are and the problems are of the industry today and meeting business owners where they are on their path to mastery, on their path to sophistication with their data tools and their data awareness, but then also build, listening for and building the toolkits of tomorrow knowing where the industry will go tomorrow as a function of comparables that we see in other parallel verticals and bringing that insight, bringing that experience into the fold today to constantly nudge the industry forward and to gently lift the sophistication by saying, I I hear you and we've got what you need right now. And what about this over here? That's the next step. Are you ready for that yet? Great. Let's get you there. Oh, and here's the next step after that and so on and so on until cannabis is just like every other industry in terms of the scope and sophistication of data tools at their disposal. Wow, that is a really interesting point about the illicit market prior to adult use legalization. You're, you're absolutely right. It, it behooved them to uh, just keep it simple, right? And, and yep. what whiplash there must be with a regulated market where these point of sale systems, the, <laughs> uh, the seed to sale, you know, we're required to have them, but what, what do you get out of the data from those seed to sale systems as well? Absolutely. Super interesting. All right, let's take our first commercial break and we'll be right back to chat more with Henry from Cannabis Big Data. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we're joining our guest, Henry Finkelstein, 
from cannabis big data. So as I mentioned earlier, we all know the cannabis industry operates in dog years. You know how that goes. So a lot can happen in our industry in just a few years or even one year. And in the last five years or so that cannabis big data has been collecting, analyzing data, going on the listening tours that you mentioned, I bet you're kind of drinking from the fire hose here. So let's talk more about data itself and what we do with it. It can look really great on paper in a fancy report with charts and graphs and your PowerPoint presentation and everything. But, but now what? What do you do with that data? That is the million dollar question, Bethany. And <laughs> the, the key piece here is that the only relevant data is actionable data. If we don't know what we're going to do with it, it's distracting. It's worse than useless. It pulls attention away from what we can actually do. And so there are very specific areas where data is relevant to the business and the operations and the needs right now. And there are other areas where it's not that relevant and it's better to just not go there at all. And even if the data is relevant, how it's presented and how it's communicated can also be a challenge. I mean, so many people have hangups around this concept of data with a capital D, kind of like they have hangups with the idea of math with a capital M. There was some mm -hmm. third grade math teacher that said, you know, you'll never amount to anything. You can't add two plus two or whatever it was. And so people have these hangups around math and data and it can cause some emotional conflict, some cognitive dissonance around what they're able to see. And so I think it behooves anybody working with data to organize the insights in a way that is simple, intuitive, and actionable. And we, in our parlance, and we call this the SCORE method, and this is something that we teach as part of our uh, data mastery course, we're, we're running a retail data mastery course right now, focused on how do we take the data from the POS, from the stores, and actually make it actionable, turn it into something that we can use that impacts our product strategy decisions, that impacts our inventory management decisions, how we relate to customers and marketing campaigns. These are all very critical questions that need to be asked in the right way so that they can be answered with a data-driven methodology to continually drive the business forward. Right, yeah, that completely makes sense to me as I'm thinking back on my mistake to try taking a calculus class and <laughs> it, uh, it, it was not my forte. Um, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot of math. I, I like to joke with my team when we have to do fulfillment reporting or something, you know, damn it, man, I'm a content person, not a mathematician, mm. but sorry, Star Trek fan, but so how, how do, let's talk more about that mental block that business owners and managers might have that, you know, keeps us from making the most of using that data in a really meaningful way that can grow our businesses. Yeah, this can come up in a number of directions. Uh, there could be the firefighter approach where, oh my goodness, I've got so much to do. I'm so busy. Life is so hectic. I can't, I have to put out this fire and that fire. And I just, I don't have time for data. When in That's fact, me. using the information and the insights that come out of that will prevent the fires or put them out faster, which will unlock less 
stress, less cognitive load, and more opportunity to focus on the things that really move the needle in the business. That might come up as a toxic workplace culture where people don't have accountability or don't have clarity, don't know what they're supposed to do and, and how they can prove their value to the team when in fact the data can really pinpoint that clearly and precisely both on the accountability front and on the forward progress front. That might come up as a lack of awareness on, I know things aren't great, but I don't know what to do to fix them. I don't know how to change the fact that our store isn't making money. I don't know which products to stock and which ones to take off the shelves. And that is also a data problem. So this idea of the mental block, oh, and of course I should mention, not that people will say this out loud, but there is absolutely the experience that I've had where people don't wanna feel dumb. They don't wanna feel like they don't understand. And especially management positions, they don't wanna look stupid in front of their employees. And so it's easier to dismiss the data or say, I don't believe, or, oh, there must be problems with it because I don't understand it. Then it is to acknowledge that as a team, we haven't done a great job communicating data insights. And I think, of course, there's an element of technology. And of course, there's an element of uh, lifting the what the point of sales, the seed to sales offer for business owners and, and how that's presented. But truth be told, the vast majority of teams that don't utilize their data to their fullest, it's not a limitation of the data and it's not a limitation of the software. Of course, it could be better, but that's not the limiting factor. The real limiting factor is the people and how they interface with the data, how they interact with it and how they work with it. And so much of that is just not being trained. Where would you go today to learn about how to use data to its fullest in a cultivation, in a retail store? There's classes on how to smell terpenes. There are classes on the basics of the concepts, but they're aren't really courses about the specific mechanics of analytics within the cannabis industry. And that's gonna be required to change the level of sophistication that we see in cannabis. And that's partially why we launched our own course in that domain, because it's really about changing the conversation. How do we tell the data stories and how do we change the data stories with a robust methodology that can be scaled across the entire industry? Those are questions I'm very interested in exploring and, and working through in the years to come. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I can see how the cognitive dissonance there can get in the way and, and it might feel like one needs a, an advanced degree in analytics, but, but truly it's just a matter of getting comfortable with it and, and learning. So it, it's, you, you, people might need a little hand-holding, but there's certainly value to getting over that hurdle and becoming more comfortable with data. So. Let's talk about some of the other benefits of harnessing the power of data, some of the real world impacts, real benefits for operators and managers the, that can help them master that business data. I, I always giggle when people ask me, what's, what's the value of data? What is it supposed to do for me? Because that's like saying, what's the value of dollars to a store? What, why do I need to make money? Like, well, because that's the whole point. Uh, as it relates to very specific real-world impacts, data can be helpful in increasing profitability. First and foremost, everyone cares about making more money. It can be helpful in 
isolating problems in the store, whether that's practical problems with product selection, with inventory management, whether that's people problems around specific folks that are underperforming or training individuals to utilize the best practices of overperforming um, employees that can be helpful for understanding how to scale, how to increase what you're doing today and, and do that in multiple locations and grow the business up and out. And perhaps most importantly and spoken of the least is about the sense of calm and peace, the sense of presence that data can create in an organization. We always talk about the numbers, but we don't talk about how the numbers reflect back on the emotional and experiential quality of running or working in a business. And when data systems are organized and dialed, there's a palpable sense of calm, of clarity, of precision in purpose and process that comes into for organizations. And that you can certainly put a price on it, but it's much more than that because those are the organizations that are fun to work in. Those are the organizations that consistently succeed and exceed expectations. And those are the organizations that are gonna be running this industry tomorrow. There's only so much slop that a business can sustain before an unexpected hit, and there are plenty of unexpected hits in the cannabis industry, sink the ship. So data is tremendously useful, not just for profitability, accountability, tracking, uh, performance, not just the stuff that we hear about all the time, but it's extra and specifically valuable for creating calm and peace and clarity in an organization so that all of the individuals working there can truly thrive. I love in, in inserting more peace and calm into our work lives. And I, I suppose one could say, well, I think the business is running well, and then go check, check the data and say, yep, we're doing good. And that instills confidence and in, in turn can create just a better work environment. That makes total sense to me. All right, let's take our last commercial break and we'll come right back and wrap up our conversation with Henry from Cannabis Big Data. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. 
All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. We've been chatting with Henry Finkelstein from Cannabis Big Data about the value of cannabis companies, really diving into those numbers and the data and crunching those numbers in order to create peace and calm in your business, which I think we all need more of. So Henry, as we look toward the future, one thing people are looking forward to is, well, the end of the COVID pandemic, first and foremost, uh, but we're also anticipating the possibility of federal legalization. Now, right now, right in front of us is the Safe Banking Act, which has passed, yeah. passed the House of Representatives again, and now mm-hmm. we wait and see what the Senate does. So well, there's a lot of wait and see here. What are your thoughts on that? I think the industry is headed in a one directional street. There's no doubt where this will end, full legalization across the board. The question is how long and how do we get there? And for me, this idea of how we get there is firmly grounded in the level of sophistication of how the industry shows up. And that's, of course, partially related to regulatory frameworks. But I think also as a business, we have so far to go in terms of, as an industry, we have so far to go in terms of how we run business. And part of that is upping the level of sophistication of the technologies that we use. I can give Mm -hmm. you a really quick example there. There is no way in almost every POS in the industry, I've worked with many of them, there's almost no POS that supports one-time use coupon codes, whereas that's an industry standard practice in most retail establishments. That's just a technological gap that Mm. will be filled. But because we're an emerging market, because we had home-baked softwares, it's not not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There will be be an increase in the sophistication of the workforce in terms of what they know and how they know, particularly as folks come from other industries and bring their experience and knowledge. And putting back on our data lens and how we see the world, there will absolutely be a sophistication, a growth in sophistication for how businesses use data. It's a crawl, walk, run. So right now we're, we're still very much in the basic early stages. And over time, there will be more predictive and ultimately prescriptive analytics that come into play that look at and parse the information in the various businesses and provide real-time recommendations for how to improve operations, improve profitability, and ultimately improve the overall output and throughput of the business. And a big part of that is professional training. So ultimately, I think my my biggest prediction, and I don't know if it's for this year, but really for the next five-ish years, regardless of what happens on the regulatory framework, and, and you know where I'm cheering, uh, but regardless of the regulatory frameworks, the industry needs to get more sophisticated in a variety of directions. And I think that that's partially technology. I think that's partially process. I think that's partially data. And at the end of the day, it's all about the people. So when we as an organization, as, a, as an institution, the cannabis industry decide to level up, that's when we will find ourselves 
closer and more aligned with other industries and other verticals and accepted the way other industries and other verticals are in the nation. Absolutely. That is the goal. And speaking of people, I am really anticipating NCIA's three trade shows coming back this fall. Our first one will be the Midwest Cannabis Business Conference in Detroit, September 21st and 22nd. And then we will be in Baltimore for our Eastern Cannabis Business Conference in early December. And then a week later, we'll be clear across the country in San Francisco for our seventh annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. I'm so looking forward to getting back there and seeing our people and sharing ideas and sharing all this information with each other to uplift the whole industry together. I hope to see you at some of those conferences later this year, Henry. Thanks, Bethany. Hope to see you there too. (laughs) Where can people find out more about Cannabis Big Data? Cannabisbigdata.co. And our course is at retail.cannabisdatamastery.co. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your insights. And as always, thanks to all of our listeners for your support and continuing to listen to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.